0: People always ask me, what's your favorite whiskey? What's the best whiskey you've ever had? And I never really had a good answer until now. And when you find out what it is, it's gonna blow your mind. So stick around. So before we get started, I'd love to thank our Patreon members. We now have a way for you to subscribe and support the podcast on a monthly basis, but we're not just looking for donations. There are a lot of benefits that come with being a Patreon member. We have bonus content. Special offers, distillery takeovers, which those are fun, king for a day, get to go, single barrel selections, things like that. Uh, In-person meetup, monthly virtual bottle shares, massive discounts on merchandise, and the satisfaction of knowing that you're supporting the channel and its mission. So let's get into the disclaimers. First off, you need to understand, when I say the best whiskey I've ever tasted, I'm not suggesting that you would pick this whiskey in a blind over, say, George T. Stack. Uh, Someone asked me the other day which whiskey I preferred to drink between two whiskeys that I love, and they didn't ask which one tasted better. They said, which one do you prefer to drink? It made me realize that the quality of my drinking experience is affected by more than just the flavor, Uh, the availability, the backstory of the brand, pricing, the delta between expectation and experience— And, of course, the flavors are all factors. And that's where this whiskey really shines. If you told me what it was, I would have expected virtually nothing. Uh, What I experienced was liquid gold, the tears of unicorns. And this whiskey provided the most shockingly great drinking experience of any other whiskey I have ever tried. So what's the backstory? Uh, A dear friend of the podcast, uh, J.C. Cajun, came by my house for a bottle share and he brought a bottle of the J.T. Millick single barrel. And whenever I have people over the house, I drink from the bottle share table. I typically don't drink from the wall because I've had all of those. And I didn't even look at the bottle. I just picked it up, poured myself a little nip, tasted it, thought, dang, that's good. Poured a, a, a larger than I would normally pour at a bottle share of pour. Walked back out, and JC said, "Hey, what do you think that whiskey?" And I said, "Man, it's really delicious." And he goes, "Crazy for rice whiskey, right?" I couldn't get back to that bottle fast enough. I, I my mind was blown, and when I saw that it was actually rice whiskey being produced in Louisiana, um, I, I mean, I was shocked. And I made the commitment right then to JC. I said, "I'm going to reach out to the distillery next week." Um, And I did. And I told them that I wanted to work together. When I heard the story, I was even more impressed. Uh, The J.T. Mellick Distillery is actually a rice and crawfish farm in Louisiana. It started in 1896 when the current proprietor's great-great-uncle John, uh, John Mellick, started farming rice on 20 acres of marshland in Louisiana. In college, Mike and his brother Mark started raising crawfish on the farm. This blossomed into a huge seafood wholesale business operating mostly in Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. Years later, rice prices were down and the rice farm was going to lose money if they didn't find something to do with the rice that made it more valuable. Um, And and that was kind of the birth of J.T. Mellick Distillery. So here we are with the man himself, Mike. Is it Frugé? Or fr- how do you say it? Frugé. Frugé. I, uh, being not from an area that has a lot of influence, a uh, French influence, right. I, I I always wonder how to say it. But, we get uh, it. We get it all kind of different ways. All kind of different <laughs> ways. Uh, and he's got that good Louisiana gentleman accent. Uh, so here we are with the owner himself. And I just wanted to ask a few questions because this whiskey has really blown my mind about how it is that you're producing this whiskey so first of all this whiskey is in this distillery is one of the only ground to glass distilleries in the united states meaning everything that goes into this whiskey you've grown here on your property is that correct that's
1: correct yeah we're we're sitting right here on our farm mm-hmm. uh, in branch louisiana we farm about uh anywhere from 1200 to 1800 acres of rice each year and Part of that goes directly to the the distillery.
0: That is awesome. And so after you uh, have your rice crop, um, do you have to put it through like a hammer mill or anything like that before you um, start to process it to turn it into whiskey?
1: So every year since we started the distillery, we we sort of plan out our crop and we we grow a certain variety of rice specifically for the distillery. we send it off to have it milled, but only to take the husk off. We, mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're doing a white rice, uh, but we do not turn it into a flour. Okay. Uh, so we're sort of lucky that the rice itself sort of pulverizes in the uh, in the mash tun, turns into sort of a heavy green, so we don't have to mill it.
0: You don't have to mill it, that's awesome. That's a little bit different from what you would expect for other whiskeys that are made in the United States. Uh, typically, they do have to turn it into some sort of a flour, or if it's malted barley, usually they use a roller mill and crush it up a little bit, but with rice, looks like it's not necessary. And it looks like you cook and ferment on site, because I, I see uh, cookers and fermenters in here.
1: We do. We uh, we have a, I guess you call it a thousand-gallon system. We're processing a thousand-gallon ferment a day. Uh, Everything's sized for that. And, uh, yeah, we cook it and do, make the beer and uh, distill it right here on site. Yeah, I
0: guess it is technically beer since it's from a, from a grain. I've been known to teach people about whiskey, but let's face it, whiskey isn't exactly nutritious. I want all of my viewers to live a balanced lifestyle. This means I want you to exercise and maintain a balanced diet. And that's why I recommend Magic Spoon. It's a delicious, high protein, keto friendly, zero sugar, gluten free, zero grain, no wheat, no rice, no soy, no artificial flavors. This stuff is gonna take you back to your childhood and Saturday morning cartoons. You like cereal, don't you, babe?
2: You know I'm gluten free, bro.
0: This stuff is gluten free. Oh, awesome, me yourself. Why is it so good with zero sugar and only four to five net carbs per serving? I don't know, but it does mean I can enjoy it any time of the day. I have a 16 year old son that consumes protein like a lion on the Serengeti, so if he likes it, you know it's good. Is it good? Teenage boy approved. The variety pack comes in four delicious flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. My favorite's frosted, but you should order and see which one is your favorite. Use my code BRTMAGIC to get $5 off your delicious high protein magic spoon cereal, or click the link in the description below. Magic Spoon Cereals have zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five net carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. They're also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So use BRT Magic for your discount or click the link below. Uh, One of the things that I found interesting is your whiskey um, has a character that's more reminiscent of a Kentucky bourbon to me than most bourbons that that come from craft distilleries and i think that's because they use a pot still so when i tasted your whiskey i believe that it came from column still and it does does it not it does okay right. and uh, most column stills would use like a, a column still to make their their low wines and then they go into a double or a thumper. but you have a little bit different system here right
1: yeah we have a little bit different system we have a uh, we're running a head frame steel over here. Uh, it's sort of a combination still. You can make whiskey, and then if you shift over, you can make vodka on the same system. Okay. Uh, it uses a, a secondary rectifying column called a Morbay to do the heads cut. And then if you're making a, a vodka, then you, you basically open a valve and run it through a purifying column to get to 190 or 190
0: plus and you age in traditional uh 53 gallon barrels uh what char level do you use
1: so you know when we started this whole project there was really no information on rice whiskey nobody's really ever done it before at least there's nothing that i could find and um i went with a traditional bourbon barrel because i was everything else was an experiment but i knew that i wanted a you know i I wanted that profile or at least i wanted a bold whiskey And we have several different char levels and several different coopers because we had no idea
0: who would produce what flavors. Right.
1: Produce what? So uh, we've got three different profiles. Luckily, they all taste good. Right. Yeah.
0: You can't (laughs) mix good with good and end up with bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. And uh, do you palletize or do you uh, use palletize. Yeah.
1: Um, So we're in South Louisiana. We get hurricanes here. I went up to Kentucky, I looked at all the rick houses, and uh, I didn't think that would survive down here, you know, like category four. Right. So uh, we went with steel buildings and uh, and pallets, and uh, so far, so far so good.
0: Pretty interesting stuff. Now let's talk, talk about how this whiskey tastes, because the whole reason I'm here is because this whiskey's flavor blew my mind. Um, and the first thing I want to tell you all at home is it does not taste like sake, okay? <laughs> Uh, because when you think of, of, of a spirit that's made from rice, a lot of people think, oh, I've had sake before. No, this does not taste like sake. In fact, on the nose, it has a very sweet, approachable profile that's got a lot of brown sugar and caramel notes. Um, and to me, it actually tastes like, and don't kill me out there at home, when you taste this whiskey, you're going to agree with me. It tastes a lot like Weller Antique which is one of my favorite whiskies, And dare I even say it, a little like Pappy Van Winkle uh, without the citrus note. And so um, maybe not Pappy Van Winkle, but definitely like the 10 year old Rip Van Winkle that's got that very sweet forward with the, you know, there's like a sweet pipe tobacco note that's in here with that caramel and brown sugar. Um, what what tasting notes do you hear that you're like, yeah, I, I get that.
1: Well, don't laugh, but before I started this distillery, I knew nothing about whiskey.
0: Okay, that's fine. (laughs)
1: So so I can't compare it to other whiskeys, but I do know that the first thing we noticed when we started testing this, you know, six months out, the nose was already becoming pleasant. Mm -hmm. uh, And it just got better uh, as time went on. And, uh, you know, it's, it's what everyone notices first about the whiskey our biggest obstacle is we say rice and people go yeah right then then you go taste it and they go oh Oh, wow yeah oh not what i expected at all you know and uh and then after a little while you know they already you know they have a preconceived idea and then and then they want more
0: sure yeah i certainly did
1: at that point then you you sort of i just want to let you
0: know that i went through the sample bottles that you guys sent me very quickly (laughs) Uh, Between me not being able to stop drinking it, me not being able to keep my wife from drinking it, and sharing it with people that I wanted to teach about the brand, it went pretty quick. So I've got to pick some up while I'm here in Louisiana. Um, One of the things that I try to do to identify a whiskey's character is identify its fruit note. And the fruit note tends to be one of the main distinguishing factors between different distilleries. And at first I didn't really detect a particular fruit note, but one time I picked up a glass of your whiskey and as soon as it hit my lips I thought, Ah, uh, that's a little grape. It's a, a little bit of a grape type flavor. And the, the best example that I can give of that would be, um, and it's more like a grape Jolly Rancher. It's like a, a candy uh, flavored grape. And I get a similar fruit note on um, Benchmark, um, Full Proof from Buffalo Trace. Um, and even the, the Buffalo Trace base bottle itself, I, I get a little bit of that fruit note. And so if you guys are wondering what a uh, rice whiskey taste like that's been aged like it's it's a bourbon. That's pretty much it. So while I'm here with you, I want to address what everyone out there is thinking, and that is, I'm only saying this because they're paying me. Am I biased? And the truth is, they are going to end up sponsoring the podcast. But I want to ask you: Did you call me, or did I call you? You called. Uh, I called him, and that's because when I tasted this whiskey. I knew that I wanted to tell the world about this because this is something I think you're really gonna like. Um, So, you know, I I was also a little bit worried that maybe my palate's crazy, right? Um, Maybe people are not going to taste the same things that I'm tasting. So what I did was I took some of your whiskey and I put it in a double blind flight with five other world class, some of them much more expensive and very hard to find all of them allocated. Okay. And I sent them out. We're not allocated. No, no, (laughs) no. Uh, JT (laughs) Mellick is not allocated. You'll be able to get some if you want to try it, but all allocated whiskeys and I sent it out double blind to random whiskey club members that are part of bourbon real talk community. And the results came in and I'm a little bit disappointed because you were tied for first place. And then, um, one person's review came in and it was way different than everybody else's. Um, and it changed everything. We ended up in in right in the middle. Okay, so you came in third place. So you beat outright for points and for ranking three of these allocated whiskies, and only two were rated better than yours. And the ones that were rated better than yours were like, you know, Booker's and uh, and and uh, Wild Turkey Rare Breed, world class whiskies, right? And so, so let me just say it.
1: I'm just happy to be in the same box. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Well, and that's what I wanted to tell you all at home who might be a little bit skeptical. If if this whiskey is finishing anything but last place with the world-class whiskeys that I put it up against, you know that you're drinking a whiskey that belongs with the big boys. And, you, you know, I can talk till I'm blue in the face about how much I love this whiskey and how shocking it was for me. But at the end of the day, you're just gonna have to try this whiskey yourself and you're, you're going to have to see if you agree. If you want to find yourself some JT Mellick and check for yourself, you can go to their website, jtmelec.net forward slash locate. And they have a list of all the retail stores that they know have picked up product in the past. Um, those stores are currently in Louisiana and Arkansas. Is that correct? Correct. Sure. Uh, but we are going to be releasing product on uh, Bourbon Outfitters. So very excited about that. So by the time this comes out, you should be able to go to bourbonoutfitters.com, look up JT Mellick, there'll be a link in the description so that you can just click the link, it'll take you straight there. There's gonna be a link on the JT Mellick website so that you can just go there and click the link. And I'm very excited to announce that you are going to be launching in Texas through Goody Goody Liquors. So uh, it's our understanding that all 13 locations of Goody Goody are going to be carrying JT Mellick's product So if you live in Texas, Louisiana, or Arkansas, you should be able to go to your local and pick it up. Otherwise you should be able to go online, have it ordered and ship directly to your door. So that is pretty much it. If this is your first time tuning into the channel, we'd love to thank you for the view and tell you a little bit about our show philosophy. We are all about bringing people together around bourbon. And that's something that's personally important to me because I lost my brother to suicide in 2014. And I started looking for ways to create the community and connection that had kind of fallen apart in his life, so that other people didn't feel alone and out of place the way that he did. And I saw how whiskey was bringing people together, and I decided if I can get people connected to whiskey, the whiskey might do the rest of the job and get others connected to each other. And in that process, we decided to start the podcast. Um, but really, you need a forum, you need community, and. A lot of the forums that are out there are filled with what we call whiskey trolls. And whiskey trolls try to run everybody's good time, make themselves feel big and important. And they show a lot of hate to strangers online. And that's why we decided to start Bourbon Real Talk Community, where we don't allow that kind of behavior. It's come one, come all. Experienced people love it. New people love to come there and learn. There's a lot of generosity in that community. Um, But in addition to starting Bourbon Real Talk, we also decided that or I came to the conclusion that when somebody is able to show hate online I'm also able to show love online if they can hate I can love that's why we end every podcast the same way and that's this if you woke up this morning and you're unsure whether or not anyone loved you just know that I love you I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk cheers cheers
2: Ah, I knew I was a bigger Bourbon Real Talk fan than you. How do you know that? Well, because I don't just use a prideful goat, Glenn. I got a official Bourbon Real Talk tumbler.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I got this Bourbon Real Talk lanyard to carry my whiskey glass in.
2: Oh, well, speaking of whiskey glasses, do you have one of these? No, I don't. Rocks Glass. Oh, yeah? Yep, official.
0: Well, I love my wife, and I bought her this official Whiskey Wife Flask from Bourbon Real Talk. Well, that's
2: cute and everything, but I got my wife one of these.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can
2: just add your own liquor, and it's an actual cocktail right there in a a jar.
0: Me and my wife like to make cocktails, so we got this simple syrup on the website. Oh, do you? Okay.
2: Well, do you and your wife have one of these? This is an official sticker. You can only get these on the website.
0: Uh, No, but I do have these official coasters that have the Bourbon Real Talk logo on them, and I'm representing
2: Well, while you're representing those little coasters of yours, I've got an aroma kit. Do you? Yeah, so I can smell literally everything in bourbon. Everything. Well,
0: I don't have that, but I do have this sample box that I keep all my samples in because I'm part of the community and I share samples.
2: Yeah, but do you have Glen Toppers that are officially Bourbon Real Talk?
0: I don't have that, but I do have this large whiskey carrying case for my glasses so that I don't break them.
2: See, I knew you had that. That's why I have this, the smaller version, okay? It packs more easily into your suitcase. I uh-huh. don't want to mess with that big old thing, okay?
0: Suitcase, that's for lamos. Check this thing out. I have a Bourbon Real Talk bottle carrying bag. You can't beat that.
2: I don't know if I can. Because and
0: on top of that, I have a Bourbon Real Talk t shirt. I'm the bigger fan.
2: Oh, I can beat that. Is it extra schmedium?
0: No, I don't have an extra schmedium. Ha! Extra schmedium. You might be the bigger fan. You win. I knew it.
2: So, whether you're a Bourbon Real Talk super fan or simply looking for quality whiskey swag, head over to bourbonrealtalk.com today.